0: Hi, I'm Lee Nies, and this is Pixels, a Harbour City Photography Club podcast. If you're new here, welcome. This podcast is a series of discussions focusing on basic concepts in photography. It's aimed at our club members and newer photographers. Most of the time, we'll dip a toe in the shallow end to give some perspective on a given topic. Sometimes, we'll showcase a club member or a guest, and occasionally, we'll offer a review. I hope it will always be interesting and informative for you, the listener. Well, hello there. Happy 2022. And welcome to our first episode of Pixels Podcast, where we'll be looking at categories of cameras, DSLRs, mirrorless, point-and-shoot, and smartphone cameras. Whether you're choosing your first camera, upgrading your existing camera, or searching for a backup to your main camera, there's probably something for you in today's episode. Let's get a few things out of the way before we begin. There are no absolutes in today's discussion, like all DSLRs are big and slow, or all mirrorless cameras are small and light. Each category has its benefits and drawbacks that you'll have to consider. I currently use the Fuji mirrorless system, and I own an XS-10 and an XE-4 with multiple lenses. Full disclosure, I'm a Fuji fanboy. However, I began my photo journey with a Canon DSLR and then switched to Sony before settling on Fuji. Some things to consider when making your decision might be budget. Always important, and one that I wish I'd paid more attention to over the years. You might want to think about the type of photography you shoot most. If you do a lot of landscape and you're outside, do you need weather-sealed equipment? Do you have other lenses, vintage or brand-specific, that you want to use with a new camera? Quality lenses last longer than camera bodies and can often be used with multiple generations of a company's camera body. So, if that's the case for you, that's something you'll have to consider. How important is shooting video to you? If it's not important at all, you don't have to worry about it. But if that's something that you want to be able to do with your camera, you might want to consider the video specs on the camera that you're looking at. Finally, do you have physical limitations that might require smaller, lighter equipment? There are, of course, lots of other considerations, but that should get you thinking about some of the choices involved. In a future episode, we'll talk about full-frame and crop sensor cameras, but this episode is strictly about types of cameras, categories. So let's start with the DSLR. The digital single-lens reflex, or DSLR camera, is the modern digital equivalent to the SLR camera that many of us may have started our photographic journey with. Light comes through the lens to the sensor, but it's also bounced up with the mirror to the viewfinder. These cameras can be big and heavy, but they're often robust and sealed against dust and weather. They often, although not always, have larger sensors than other types of cameras and therefore may capture light better. But there are many factors that influence this. DSLRs use interchangeable lenses, and with a few exceptions, only accept brand-specific lenses made for that body. In addition to automatic modes, these cameras allow the photographer full control over aperture, the lens opening, shutter speed, the speed of capturing the light, and ISO, the light sensitivity of the sensor. If you're not familiar with all these terms yet, never fear. We'll look at those concepts in an upcoming episode. Since DSLRs have been around for quite a while now, there's a wide assortment of lenses available, and both lenses and bodies can often be found on the used market for reasonable prices, at least compared to buying new. Some popular long-standing DSLR brands are Canon and Nikon. Mirrorless cameras are a relative newcomer to the camera world. As the name would suggest, mirrorless cameras have removed the mirror from the DSLR, creating usually, smaller and lighter bodies. One of the main differences is that without a mirror, you get a live view of what your photo will look like. When you change a setting, that change is reflected in the viewfinder. Most mirrorless cameras have a similar set of controls as a DSLR for manual and automatic modes. And like a DSLR, mirrorless cameras use interchangeable lenses, usually. Some Fujis and Ricos and others have fixed-lens mirrorless cameras. You cannot change the lens. Mirrorless cameras are often, although not always, smaller and lighter than their DSLR counterparts. Sometimes, mirrorless cameras have a limited range of lenses compared to more established DSLRs. Some mirrorless cameras have no viewfinder at all and only an LCD screen on the back, while some have both. One advantage to mirrorless is that you can adapt older lenses, or vintage glass, to a modern camera with an adapter that sits between the camera body and the lens. For example, I have several Canon FD lenses from the 1970s that I use with my new Fuji camera bodies. The adapter was less than 30 bucks on Amazon. Some of the most popular mirrorless brands are Sony, Olympus, and Fuji. After falling behind for a few years though, both Canon and Nikon, or Nikon if you prefer that uh, pronunciation, are currently offering very compelling mirrorless models. Our next category of camera is the point-and-shoot, and And for our purposes today, I'm including bridge cameras in with point-and-shoots. Point-and-shoot cameras are usually quite small, often pocketable, with a lens that typically offers a very large zoom range. Bridge cameras are usually closer in size to a DSLR, but they also have a large zoom range and typically better quality images than a smaller point-and-shoot. Point-and-shoots are great for travel or even for a second camera, but they usually have smaller sensors and poorer image quality than their larger counterparts. Although easy to use and understand, point and shoots often lack more sophisticated controls that a photographer might want as they become more knowledgeable and experienced. These limited controls tend toward automatic settings where the camera is making decisions for you, which is not always the best option for creating good photos. As mentioned earlier, point and shoots do not use interchangeable lenses. Rather, they have a single lens with a very broad zoom range, while this may sound enticing, keep in mind that with any zoom lens, optical quality compromises have to be made in order to achieve such a wide-ranging zoom. They are convenient, but they come at a cost in quality. Finally, point-and-shoots are often, but again, not always the most affordable option. Finally, let's have a look at the camera in your pocket. I probably don't have to tell you that the most popular camera with the general public is the one on their cell phone. If you have a recent model phone, particularly from Samsung or Apple, but Google's in there as well, I also don't need to tell you that the quality of cell phone cameras is incredible. Did you know that several feature length films have been made with smartphones going all the way back to the iPhone 7? Since many of us already have these devices in our pockets, they can be the best option for beginning photographers. One downside, however, is the tiny sensor in these cameras. But if you're only planning on sharing to Facebook or Instagram or other social media, or plan on printing small 4x6 photos, for example, the images are often very good. The cameras in the flagship phones get better and better with each iteration, but anything in the last few years is usually very good. You can buy third-party lenses for your phone camera, clip-on, and even better quality ones, and there are literally dozens, if not hundreds, of apps and filters for editing and changing the look of your photos. Some phones, either with manufacturer or third-party software, even allow you to capture raw photos, which enables more choice in editing. Another plus is that many of our phone cameras take excellent video as well as stills, but that's a topic for another day. A phrase you may have noticed in my discussion today is... Often, but not always, which really sums up our discussion. In addition to your own considerations like budget, keep in mind that everything I've said today has a depending clause attached to it. There are size, cost, feature, and quality exceptions in every category we discussed today. It pays to do your research, to know what you want, and to stick to your budget. It's also good perspective to remember that next month something newer, shinier, and better in air quotes will come along but that doesn't make your choice any less right for you. I hope our brief discussion has helped you understand and navigate some of the options available to you if you're in the market for a new to you camera. You've been listening to Pixels, a podcast brought to you by the Harbour City Photography Club, located in beautiful Nanaimo, British Columbia. The show is researched, written, produced, edited, and hosted by Lee Niece. This has been a Neesley Done podcast production.